Good to worship with you and uh, good to sing praises to our God. The, the four weeks that I will be with you, which will uh, be at different times in the next uh, two or three months, um, I want to look at the book of First Peter, the epistle. Um, hope for a hopeless world would sort of be the, the main theme. But if you look at, uh, I'm only going to get through chapter 1 and 2, uh, but uh, if you look at chapter 4, verse uh, 11 or 12 and 13, it says, Beloved, in other words, brothers and sisters in Christ who are exiles, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So uh, 1 Peter is very much an epistle about uh, the hope that we have uh, found in Christ. And uh, we need that today, do we not? Uh, You know, think about uh, what COVID has done. Think about now what's happening in the Ukraine. Uh, We know just by experience, that we are in a sinful, broken world, and if you don't have the sure and certain hope of the gospel, it is a very tragic thing. I will read the scripture here in just a minute, but uh, let me say to you, uh, Shawshank Redemption is one of my favorite movies, Uh, and perhaps as I've gone through this, maybe I've thought about it too much. But the prison is known uh, in Thomaston, Maine for brutality. It shut down, thank goodness, in the year 2002. But that movie was inspired by Stephen King's novel. But if you've seen the movie, and you don't have to have have seen the movie to be able to follow through on this sermon, uh, but the red character, uh, the main characters are Red and Andy. Red is played by Morgan Freeman, who is a convicted murderer. He has served 20 years, but of a life sentence. And so he's going to be there for the duration. And then Andy Dufresne, who is played by Jim Robinson, Robbins was circumstantially com- convicted for murdering his wife and her lover, a golf pro, after they were supposedly found in bed together. Now he proclaimed his innocence, But uh, he had such a cold demeanor that the judge, uh, when the jury sentenced him, and the judge sentenced him to a double life sentence. So he is going to definitely die in prison. And so Andy and Red, despite very differing backgrounds, become very good friends. Now what I would like to suggest for you is that prison life is a metaphor for a hopeless life without Christ. Think about if you didn't know Jesus Christ, and perhaps there's some here this morning who do not know him, but life without Jesus Christ is like living in a prison where you have a life sentence hanging over you, and you know that this is as good as it gets. I mean, prison sucks the life out of you. The red brick walls, the cell bars of Shawshank close in on you. I mean, in the prison, there is absolutely no hope. So hope comes from the outside. Inside, there is nothing 
but hopelessness. Now, as an illustration of that, apparently when new prisoners would arrive, those who had been there for a long time, they would bet cigarettes, you know, numbers of cigarettes on who was going to be the first person among the new prisoners who would break. As Red says, when the bars close around, you know life, that it's real, that life is over. And Shawshank becomes the entire extent of your own world. Think about people who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the full extent of their life. They have no sure and certain hope. And so there's nothing on the outside. There's nothing beyond it. Life is simply as good as it gets. And if that is so, we are as helpless as a prisoner with a life sentence or a double life sentence on us in Shawshank Prison. So 1 Peter tells us that really that's a picture of someone who is outside of Christ, and we have the opportunity to connect them with the gospel, with the Lord Jesus, who gives them a sure and certain hope. So let's listen to the reading of God's Word, 1 Peter chapter 1, as we see uh, this hope for a hopeless world in Jesus. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible, filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what persons or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the suffering of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have been announced to you through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. 
Let's just pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's infallible. It will not lead us astray. We thank you that it's without error. We thank you that it tells about the sure and certain hope that there is found in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, meet each one of us by your word and spirit wherever we are this day. Anchor us in the Lord Jesus, in the promises of your unerring word. And Father, grant that you would meet us where we are, for we thank you that you care, and we make our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. You and I are created in the image of God, and as such, we are hope-based creatures. Uh, the English word hope, uh, which is, uh, is the Greek word elpis, but, uh, but English word hope is entirely too weak. I mean, you and I think about the word hope as being something that's unsure. I hope I get the job. I hope I get an Apple Watch for my birthday. Uh, you know, I hope that I am cured from this illness. Uh, you know, all of these really have the exact opposite meaning of hope. From the scriptures, Hebrews 11.1 1 gives a biblical definition of hope. It says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's assurance, it's certainty, it's surety. And so, we need to have, in a sinful broken world, right here in the present, we need to have some assurance about what's going to happen at the end. And that gives us what we need to live because we are hope-based creatures. Now let me suggest, first of all, if we have no certain hope in the future, if we don't know Jesus, then the first thing is, is that we are prisoners in this world. Prisoners or exiles. Verses 1 and 2, at first thought, this appears to be an entirely too bleak picture but it is spot on. I mean, think about it. If you are this morning without the Lord Jesus Christ, we are a prisoner in the world with a death sentence hanging over us. I mean, the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 We have committed cosmic treason against God, and death is waiting for us at the end of life. I mean, if you think about it, none of us is going to get out of here alive as were the folks at Shawshank Prison if they had a death sentence hanging over them. So we have a lot in common with Red and Andy in Shawshank Prison. You know, the, it's, it's a reality. I mean, and, and the other thing is that aging is catching up to us. All of us. Now, if, if any, the, the, the kids under seven have already left. But they have one thing ahead of us. Is apparently, they, if I understand right, they reproduce their brain cells faster than we do. But if you're over seven, uh, we do not reproduce brain cells fast enough. So that's why we have these memory lapses. So physically and mentally, I mean, our ability uh, is diminishing. And so since this is so, it inevitably leads, if you think about it, if you're consistent, if you spend time thinking about it, it leads to despair. 
See, if we're hope-based creatures, how in the world are we going to de- live with the fact that, that our abilities are diminishing, and that is a reality? So without Christ, we are prisoners in the world with a death sentence hanging over us. But also without Christ, we are strangers or sojourners in the world. Peter reminds us that in this world there is no hope to be found just as there was no hope to be found in Shawshank Prison. I mean, any hope anchored in this world is a false hope. Think about that. And you and I tend to be idol makers. We find something in this world, and God has made this world beautiful, and there's truth in it, and there's great relationships, and there's so many opportunities for us to to hang our hopes on false hopes that will always let us down something that's in this created order, good as it is, and given to us as a gift from God. So any hope anchored in this world is a false hope. It is an idol that will ultimately let us down. Now Andy was drunk the night when his wife and her lover were shot eight times. Now, he didn't think that he killed them. But unfortunately, he was in a drunken stupor, and so he was tormented because he didn't, he didn't think he did it, but he really wasn't uh, and didn't have capable understanding of his own faculties. But he finds out after 18 years, he meets, meets a prisoner, Tommy, who has been transferred to the prison from another prison, and he finds out from from this man, that he that this guy had a roommate uh, who was in prison who said that he had been, said that the woman's husband, a bank vice president, had gone, and that was Andy, that's who Andy was, he was a vice president of bank, he had gone to prison and had been convicted for something that someone else had done. And so armed with this new information, Andy says, well, you know, this is a great opportunity. And so he gets, wants to get to Warden Norton, and he's going to tell him that this is really what happened. But Warden Norton finds out, and he realizes, you know what? If Andy gets out of here, Andy's going to talk. And by that time, Andy has been skimming money off of the top and has been making the warden incredibly wealthy. And so what happens is, is that this Tommy, who, who's going to sort of tell them that there really is someone else, that Andy's in prison and he's really an innocent man, uh, the warden has Tommy killed. And so Andy ends up in solitary confinement for two months, uh, and it almost broke him. And it reminds us that, you know what, in this world, in the prison of this world, there's all sorts of injustice. There's the Russian invasion of Ukraine. There's all sorts of things that you're dealing in your life in terms of relationships or a situation at work or kids at school that are being bullied, whatever it is that, that are just broken, that are not fixed. So how are we to go on living with any kind of glimmer of hope has been snatched away from us. See, as prisoners, we are due death, the wages of our sin. There is no hope found in this world. And so in 1 Peter, we see one false hope after another, and we will look at those in the coming weeks. But hope must come from the outside in. It must come from outside the prison. 
See, hope is an outside job. And this is why Peter calls us as believers, as elect exiles, is our citizenship anchored in this world, something that we're hoping on in this world, or is it anchored in Jesus Christ alone who has come into this world from heaven to earth? So we are prisoners in this world if we do not know Jesus Christ. But secondly, and this is the good news this morning, we have a certain hope. Verses 3 and 4. Hope is sure, it is substantial. Now what's the source of this certain hope? If you notice verses 3 through 5, hope springs, first of all, from God's great mercy. Notice verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. So first of all, hope springs from God's great mercy. Mercy is the compassionate forbearance toward an offender under another one's power. God is just, and when we have sinned, we are under his just judgment. But God has extended his unmerited and undeserved mercy toward us as sinners. Think about that. That mercy that you and I have received, that grace, it springs from God's action. The text actually says, new birth through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Think of, We have been born again by the Holy Spirit. And when we have been born again, uh, we think about our own birth. I mean, our mothers birthed us. We had nothing to do with it. We were absolutely helpless. And so new birth is God's act by the Holy Spirit, whereby he gives us a new heart, a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. We are born again into God's family, and this gives us a living hope. So, so the source is, first of all, God's mercy. But what's the nature of this certain hope that we have? Well, it says it is a living hope. Now, you think about that, a living hope. Is there such a thing as a dead hope? I mean, it seems like that's kind of a redundancy, you know, why do you, but, but this is really to add, under, uh, underline the fact that it's not redundant. I mean, there are all sorts of dead hopes that folks hanker and hitch their life to in this life, and there is no hope. I mean, everything in this world, no matter how good, can become a potential false hope. I mean, it can be medicine. What a great gift from God but it can be a false hope. I mean, relationships, what, what an incredible gift marriage is or having children or great friends, good gift. But it ultimately cannot meet all of our needs. There are so many different things. Uh, dreams, money. I mean, and certainly money can't buy everything, but you know, God sometimes can abund abundantly bless us with even money. But those things will ultimately let us down. So all these are dead hopes that will eventually fail us. So the living hope in Jesus has specific content. It is an inheritance there in verse 4. Our new birth means that we have been adopted into God's family, and as God's children, 
We have an inheritance unlike any other. And notice the three marks of this inheritance. First of all, it is imperishable. I mean, it's incorruptible. It cannot rot or decay as the dream world, uh, as the dreams of this world can. So it's not only imperishable, it is undefiled, it will not spoil, it is absolutely pure, and it is unfading. It is not like flowers that bloom and wither and die. Think, Think about the daffodils, at least down in Charlotte, they're already gone. But they have their moment of glory, and then they wilt, and then they're gone. That is what putting your hope in something other than Jesus Christ is about. And so this inheritance is a living, eternal hope. It is certain and secure. How do we receive this living hope? Through the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. No hope can be found in this world. There is no hope in Shawshank prison. Hope came into this world, into the prison of your life and my life from outside. See, this is the gospel. Andy Dufresne, if you will, is sort of a Jesus figure. I mean, he's certainly not perfect and sinless like Jesus, but like Jesus, Andy was innocent of the murder, uh, of the crime that he was given two life sentences. He, He did not murder his wife, but he was drunk and he didn't know. And like Jesus, he entered a prison from the outside. And like Jesus... He brought hope from the outside, from heaven to the earth, to, 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 to those prisoners. In fact, uh, I mean, at Shawshank, where there was very little hope, Andy made it possible for them to earn their GEDs. He actually started a library for inmates by securing state funding. He provided financial planning uh, for the warden and for the guards, and he also helped them with preparing their taxes because... He was a banker, and he was able to help them with these kind of things. I mean, even one day, one of the favorite things is that he locked himself one day in the warden's office, and he played over the prison PA system, Mozart's beautiful uh, opera, The Marriage of Figaro. And the duet sung by the Susanna and the Contessa transfixed all of the prisoners for a moment. It was like there was some light that just came into that prison As Red said, and I quote, I tell you that those voices soared higher and farther than anybody in a grave place dares to dream. It was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made these walls dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments, every last man in Shawshank was free. See, that's what happens when you personally come to know Jesus. When when you realize that this... Jesus died on the cross in my place. Condemned, he stood sealed my pardon with his blood, and and we repent of our sins, and and we place our faith in Jesus Christ, who becomes the object of our hope, which is firm and secure. See, this certain hope we have only in Jesus Christ, it can never be taken away with us, and that's good news because we can't live without hope. And It's the good news of John 10.30 where Jesus says, No one, no one, not even the devil, will snatch my sheep out of my hand. If you are his, your hope is firm and sure. 
But how does this certain hope in Jesus impact us? We see that in verses 5 through 9. This certain hope enables us to live differently in the present because we know our future is sure. Think about that. I mean, we don't know what this afternoon will bring. We don't know what the next week or the next month. We have no idea. But if you know Jesus Christ, you know that no one can snatch us out of his hand. And so how does this certain hope impact us? Well, first of all, it says in verse 5 that we are guarded by God's power. Think about that. You are guarded by the omnipotent power of God. Verse 5, who by God's power are being guarded though through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I mean, guarded is the image of a military base with its strong fortifications. God protects us from the assaults of life. I mean, through God's action, our hope is kept in heaven. Hope is a treasure in where, where moth and rust do not consume, where thieves do not break in and steal. I mean, if you think about this, the hope that you and I have in Jesus Christ is better than the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, which cannot protect you against inflation. I mean, this is something that God gives us, that we are guarded by God's power. And then in verse 6, we rejoice despite trials. Notice verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. See, we don't rejoice in trials, but nonetheless, in the midst of trials, we rejoice and we note that things in the world are not necessarily the way they ought to be. But we know that Christ will reign until every enemy is placed under his feet and the last enemy is death. And so we rejoice despite trials. And then finally in verse 7, our faith is tested genuine. Verse 7 says, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, our faith in Jesus is like gold. It's refined by fire. It becomes pure and stronger. And I would say to folks that are going through hard times now that God is refining your faith. And the scriptures say in Hebrews 12 that the Lord disciplines those whom he loves like a father disciplines his children. Trials deliver us. And I would say to you all this morning, I mean, the one thing that I need to be delivered from is self-confidence. I mean, nothing is worse than thinking that we can do things in our own strength. We need to rely upon God and physical ailments and running into something that we can't change is an opportunity for us to realize that God is greater than us and it's intended to prove the genuineness of our faith. So life in the world without Jesus is like being in a prison without hope. I mean, life without Jesus sucks the hope out of us. The brick walls and the cell bars close in around us, and that's a picture of life without Jesus. There is no hope because we don't have any assurance of what the end is going to be. Viktor Frankl, the, the successor to Sigmund Freud in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, argued, and I quote, the loss of hope and courage can have a deadly effect on man. 
And that was his experience as he was in the Nazi prison camps. And he knew that when people lost hope and they lost any fixture of the future that, that was hopeful, that they just simply curled up like a fetus and died. See, that's what our biblical rescue in Jesus does. It gives us a sense that right now, even though things are unsure, that we have a future hope and it anchors us in the present of the, few, of the present chaos. See, when life is like a prison, it raises the question, doesn't it? Does God care? Does God love me? But you see, the cross has answered that question already. See, Andy came into Shawshank Prison bringing hope. He cared. Jesus came into the prison house of this world bringing hope from heaven to earth. And yet when Jesus desperately needed hope in Gethsemane as he contemplated the cross, Jesus was abandoned. I mean, the disciples all fell asleep uh, even when he asked them to pray for him. Jesus was not shielded by God's power. I mean, the full wrath of God was, anchor, was emptied upon Jesus who became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And Jesus received the hopelessness that we deserve, the wages of our sins. And he cried out, my God, my God, why? Have you forsaken me? And when he made that cry, he did that as your substitute and mine. See, Jesus did that so that we might have the Father always. Jesus did that so that we might have hope forever. Even as Romans 8, 37 through the end says, No, in all these things, in other words, whatever happens in life, we are more than conquerors through him, that is, Jesus, who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the sure and certain hope that you and I have if we have embraced Christ as our God and Savior. And so in the midst of this world where we wonder who is on the throne, Jesus is reigning and he is on the throne and he will reign until every enemy, including death, is put behind him. And so may your and my firm and sure hope be anchored in Christ and in him alone. Let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that it gives us hope in the midst of a world that is absolutely hopeless. And Father, I would ask that you would forgive me when uh, I sometimes have been very reluctant to, to share this hope with others. And so Father, help us to be a people who listen to understand, to hear the brokenness of our neighbors who are broken just like us. And may we care for them, and may we love them. And Father, when they ask for the reason of the hope that is in us, give us clarity, and we thank you that you use our halting words. But Father, we thank you for the glorious gospel that gives us right here in the present perspective because we know what the end story is going to be. Go with us and grant that 
Ambassador Presbyterian would be a signpost of hope in this Apex community, for we make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.